0: Welcome back to another episode of Five Questions with Frank Manger, a podcast born out of a quest to change the perception of what we see on social media. Life is not all about models, bottles, boats, jets, fashion, and people showing off stacks of cash. I'll bring you interviews with entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, intrapreneurs, business leaders, and others who will share their origin stories and lessons that shape them. Each show will give you a look into the lives of people just like you that have achieved success, even though the odds were stacked against them. People who you can relate to, who have been where you have been, and who are now where you might aspire to be someday joining the show today is lila smith creator of the say things better method of intentional communication she's also the world's only certified umap coach that specializes in communication we can all use some help when it comes to such an important topic and you'll love what she has to share today what's up peeps i am excited to have with me lila smith She's the creator of the say things better method of intentional communication which is based on her work as a professional theater actress. She coaches leaders and train she coaches leaders and training teams around the world to take greater accountability for their communication. Lila, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you for that intro. Thank you for having me. Thank you for connecting. It's been so cool to just be connected to you and see your endless positivity motivation in the community on linkedin that you and i share and it's it's really thrilling for me to have a chance to just connect with you one-on-one but in front of whoever's listening
0: right on yes i totally agree right with you there Uh, i think linkedin has been and i'm very vocal about this just making such amazing communication with people not only all around the world but it's funny there's people that you can you would never have been able to meet uh, and, at any time and LinkedIn really opened up those doors so yeah very really thankful for the platform and the people I get to interact with so in this here again just proof that the platform works and and uh, really excited to, to have you share today totally so before we get into the Q&A piece I'd love for you to just Give a little context, a little day in the life of Lyla, you know, who you are and what we.
1: Like <laughs> uh, I mean, the one consistent thing is that there's usually some kind of cheese being consumed. You know, <laughs> that's a pretty big part of most of my days. <laughs> but oh my goodness, there's no one typical day, uh, especially not now. It used to be when I had a corporate job, you know, you go into work, you show up at, well, I would get in at like 745 in the morning so that I'd have my time before my team came in stay until everything was done and you go home, make dinner, do something and go to sleep, you know, but since going off on my own, starting say things better full time in June of 2018, there's been no one day that looks the same as any other day. Like I wake up and then adventure, you know, it's just, let's see, let's see what happens. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a lot of openness and willingness to kind of jump and say yes and go with things that feel good. And I like that. I like the spontaneity. And I like that now having my life in my own ownership allows me to be so open for random connection or creating things. And uh, creating things is really where a lot of my efforts been lately, especially during the quarantine.
0: Mm-hmm. And I know you do, you do a lot of speaking events, you know, checking. Mm-hmm. So a lot of that, of course, probably changed with Going from the in-personing and, and being on a stage and and interacting with people in a live environment to you know, now being more virtual, so how's how's that switch maybe impacted your work, uh, and has it has it changed from I, I think the energy that you can bring with a live audience and some of those things you you can't replace that with a virtual, but. I've, I've spoken on virtual events and I, I feel like there's really great audience engagements and I've received really great feedback. So I feel like even though it's not the same as being in front of someone, there has been some changes there. Has that kind of been the same for you? And and what's, what's the virtual speaking circuit been like for you as someone who you know, really is kind of getting out there and you know, you're know you a speaker. I, I just show yeah. up and speaks once in a while.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that's a really insightful question. And I know that you'll relate to this, that, Well, first of all, the business has been okay. The the speaking gigs that I've had have just gone virtual. It's not like they don't still want to do those things for their attendees. So I'll be speaking at the Sales Mastery Summit, which was going to be in Los Angeles. Now that's going to be virtual. I'll be speaking at Association for Talent Development, ATD. I was going to be uh, in North Dakota. It was going to be in Fargo. And I was so excited to go to Fargo. I can't tell you, but it's going to be virtual now. So those are the shifts but I've been doing virtual workshops for a long time now and doing virtual creative collaboration in theater since long before I even was on LinkedIn. So this is cool with me. But there are some benefits to being virtual that you miss out on when you're in person, same as the energy, the, the safe space feeling in a room, the laughing, the spontaneity, I think, of being live and in person is often missing from virtual environments. So I've had to intentionally build those into my training atmospheres, build in opportunities for spontaneity, not be so rigid about the structure of my work and sticking to a facilitator guide, but allowing space for just listening to what people say and allowing a conversation to reveal things naturally that people can learn something every time there's a workshop but through connection to other people and their stories. And so allowing that space, forgiving myself for not sticking to a regimented thing every single time, but keeping the objectives of the original workshop in mind. Mm. So that's been the balance that I've been focusing on. And the benefits of being virtual and doing that are not only being more intentional about opening up space for spontaneity, but also the way that people engage you know, when you're in a virtual environment, people who in person would be too nervous to raise their hand might type something into chat. So you actually get more from them than you would otherwise. And you get to see people's faces up close on video. Like I'm seeing yours now, I can see your expression. And when something clicks, like I can tell. Mm -hmm. Whereas if someone is across the room from you at a conference, you don't have that ability to see them up close. So there are all of these little moments that we can be listening to and going with and finding the joy and value in because we're virtual rather than like in spite of it. And I'm really leaning into those.
0: So just for, for context, and I'm sure we'll get into some of it today, um, you've, You're, which I, I believe I've read, I don't know if it was your profile or somewhere I picked it up where you're the, the world's only certified UMAP coach who, who specializes in communication, which-
1: So I far. Think- yeah
0: yeah so that's that's pretty cool um, and and I uh, just also you know knowing that you do what the work you do you're, you're originally we were talking earlier but you're originally from uh, a native New Yorker living in Dallas now former yeah. actress um, you're really you know, kind of picked up and, and, and moved you know maybe halfway ac- across the the nation there and yeah. uh, so give us a little backdrop there how, how did you get to being and you were an actress and and now you're doing the the say things better How, how's what's that journey been like
1: you know i've been getting messages especially more that i've been sharing like songs or performances on linkedin because so i still do little things here and there and i've been getting messages including from our mutual friend ahmed imam mm-hmm. um, who sent me a message the other day after seeing a song i posted like this is so clearly you why don't you want to still be pursuing this life in the arts as an, as an actress full time. I'm like, you know, it's, it's hard to even confront in myself because I do miss a lot of it, but man, I hated the business. Yeah. I hated the business of acting, I hated the business of theater. I hated that like 80% of it was navigating self-promotion and um, who you know and and strategically positioning yourself. And buying things, you know, like new photo shoots of stuff and sending out cards and just, it was a lot of like the business of it rather than the creative pursuit of it. And by nature, I'm a creator. Mm -hmm. I'm an artistic person who I must be creating as often as I can. When you're acting, you only get to create a character when someone else gives you that opportunity and says, here, I'll cast you in this part in a show. So you're really relying on someone else to provide you with your creative opportunities. And it wasn't enough for me. It wasn't enough to make it worth the crazy lifestyle, the not making money, the, um, and, and there was something creatively too, just for myself as an expressor, uh, in life that was missing. And that was like, I'm bringing my whole self, my whole life story to this fictional character. People, know that something important is happening, but they don't know that it's coming from me. So being a speaker and teaching people how to share their actual story with the actual people in their lives feels more immediate to me, feels more magical, and it feels like a better use of the tools that I learned as an actress at this point in my life. So I'm pretty happy where I am, but it it was that journey of feeling the pain, the discomfort of feeling like I'm working so hard to do what I think I'm meant to do and still having pieces of myself missing. And you mentioned my UMAP certification. I got certified as a UMAP coach so that I could help other people find what those pieces were, put words to them and be able to see themselves clearly in their lives. Because from that place, then you can communicate with intention because you know who's talking and you know who's listening. That has some self-awareness before you communicate.
0: And was the the switch? So you're 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 an actress. Uh, whether you, know, you you were eighty percent and twenty percent, and you're yeah, doing yeah. it all. But you were so with the was it a, like a, a cut where you're like, "Hey, I'm done," or was it like, "Hey, you had this like kind of yeah. like side hustle thing going?" Or how, how did that how did that switch out? I happen?
1: stopped. I stopped. I got married in 2015. I'm um, not now, you know. But I I got married in 2015 and really was wanting to invest in that marriage wanting to invest in myself at a new phase in my life and feeling like I know that if I, and I had a full-time job too, I was working in e-commerce. I was in a corporate environment as my full-time job as, as director of e-commerce for this company. Um, every actress needs a day job too. And (laughs) mine just happened to be a full career. Um, but as I was doing that, leaving only nights and weekends open for theater, that was a time that I wanted for my marriage and I wanted it for myself and for the, the connections, the relationships in my life. So something had to give. And because it was so hard, because it was so um, in some way unfulfilling, there was a clear moment for me when in a show that I had been dying to do, the role of Emilia in Othello, which I did at the seating place theater, I loved this role. I loved this play. I loved these people. I loved working creatively this way. And still there was this night that I found myself realizing every single time I have rehearsal, I'm dreading it and wishing I could do something else instead. So when I realized that I hadn't even been looking forward to the creative part of it anymore, for whatever reason, that's when I had to stop. Because it's only worth doing something like that. Just like it's only worth being an entrepreneur if you completely believe in the benefits of what you're doing, mm. you got to be so all in to make a life as an artist an actress, a musician and entrepreneur, because it takes up so much of you. Mm. It's, it's your life. <laughs> and if it doesn't feel like it's worth it, then what are you doing? And so that was my last, that was my last show.
0: And, and, and now kind of in this new journey now, new, new, New space where you're living, you, you left New York. What say things better? Um, and working with the people you work with. I mean, when you think of communication, I think uh, people always say like, as a business owner, what's your biggest struggle? I'm like, communication. You know, it's like (laughs) easy for me to say like, yeah, I'm banking on it.
1: That's why I make money. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Because it is. It's like, I feel like everyone struggles with it as a, personally, you you struggle with how you communicate. I mean, how I communicate. Yeah, I do. do Making sure that we're communicating and not trying to read each other's mind, our children. Yes. in the workplace you
1: hit something there you know people assume all the time that someone understands them or that they understand someone else mm. because it feels so obvious to us that how could it be any different yeah but that's that's one of the reasons to intentionally communicate to ask yourself some different questions and to ask questions of the people around you so that you know better how to take care of them and that's really what communication should be about it should be about you know, making sure that you get what you need, that your boundaries are respected, but really ultimately it's about relationships. And that's what communication facilitates. And I learned so many tools from acting that I was sitting on, right? Because I stopped acting and I I still had all this good stuff. I wanted to use it in some way. And I didn't even realize that I had kind of already been using it. Mm. But when people in our community on LinkedIn kept coming to me, after I would comment or post about whatever thing I was thinking at the moment, they'd say, wow, you really just kind of sums it up. You really somehow just always say things better than other people. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This is not a thing that I would say about myself, but so many people were using those words that that's why I named my company Say Things Better. It's not about being a perfect communicator because believe me, I'm not, but it's about deciding to try, Mm -hmm. setting your intentions. Today, I'm gonna say things better and how do you measure better? For me, it's about connection. Did I take care of the person I'm communicating with? People noticed that, called it out to me, offered to hire me for it. And I was like, all right, I guess I'm doing this. uh, But why? Like, what is it that I'm doing so that I can teach other people? If they're asking me for help, what do I teach them? What do I tell them? And so I was like in this e-commerce mind, you know, of taking inventory and the variables, and I'm looking through taking inventory of my life and my processes, working through my thoughts in this journal, this book, I am by Amy Blaschka and Bruce Kazanoff, mm-hmm. who i had met also on LinkedIn. Yeah. So working through my thoughts in the pages there, artistically with markers and sticking things and sketching. And I'm realizing when I am intentional about communicating in a way that connects, I am doing the exact same thing that I did when I approached a script and brought my story to that character, to that scene, to make that impact with that story that we were all telling. And I do the same thing in personal communication. So I broke it down. I made these five steps. I started testing it out with people who I met on LinkedIn from all over the world and proved it across industries, across cultures. It is a universally applicable method of intentional communication. And the outcomes are just really closer relationships with people and more Appropriate brand communication to who a brand really is, that matches them to like the right customers. But the primary focus of it is really just about people, saying this is who I am. Let me show up as the that the parts of myself that I find the most important about me. And then who sticks to that? Who are the people who stick stick to that? Those are the people that you want like in your life. Like I wanted you in my circle. So I was engaging with your stuff, you know, I'm like that guy with that positivity, that guy who like lights a match and the people around him glow. Mm-hmm. Let me go put myself in the comments on Frank's post, just like you did on mine. It's an intentional choice to go and connect where I feel the story aligns. Like together we make something more beautiful than apart.
0: So I have a, a question I want to ask you, but I want to kind of preface it first, because what people listening in and tuning in, so I, we had a conversation before I hit record, and something that sort of clicked pretty quick in the few minutes was like, you have this demeanor of someone that I like, immediately, however you do made it work, but it was like, I felt comfortable talking to you, like right off the bat, like you kind of said, Good. you opened up, said some things to me, and you were like, well, oh, maybe that's more than you wanted to hear. And I was like, no, that's that's actually not true. Uh, in, in my yeah. head, I'm thinking that's not true. It's like because I feel like we go into relationships. You just said something where people, uh, I have to act a certain way. I have to put on this certain facade. I have to, you know, be. I can't just be me. I want to be me, but people don't because they feel like, well, how can I be me? People are going to think, you know, they, they they're expecting to see something. So um, I don't know if you know Claude Silver. Um, yeah,
1: from Vayner Media, I know who she is. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I met Claude, and I cool kinda, lady great relationship I've met her a few times you know sat with her and had conversations with her and she has I can she has this like easy to talk to kind of vibe and people I think mm-hmm. naturally or, or have over time acquired that skill where it's like I can talk to you for hours and and then there's other people who may say I'm not that person it's hard for me I can't communicate so looking at the people who might say well, of course, Lila is just, she's a natural at it. She can do these things. <laughs> and, and then yeah. there's you know, people who like, you know, have that, that struggle. What's a, what's a piece of advice that you would give to people who do have that trouble communicating where they feel like, you know, that just doesn't come naturally to me? What, what, what advice would you give them?
1: People who have that response are usually thinking to themselves, and if we're using me as an example or quad, communicating like Lila doesn't come naturally to me. Mm. Communicating like Claude doesn't come naturally to me. I mean, look, there's a reason why she's Chief Heart Officer at Vayner Media, right? I think that's her title. Yeah. She's all heart. She is, she is the heartbeat of that company. And she's in that role because she just is that. She just cares. Mm. I don't know what, what I would call myself. I call myself creator at my company because I created this method. But I have asked myself, like, what am I? I'm the chief what (laughs) of my company? And I think it's just the chief connector. Maybe that's why you felt comfortable, you know, because I set my intentions to connect when I came to this call. So that meant let me be open about stuff. Let me be open to receiving and let me be open to sharing. There's this idea in theater, just the word generosity as we know it, you know, often means giving gifts. but I think of it as what you're willing to give to a story, what you're willing to bring, how much space. You can give generously of your story. You can give generously by revealing things about yourself. But you can also give generously of exactly who you are. Maybe you're not somebody who goes into a room and it lights up and people pay attention. But you can give generously of. that you can equip people with. You can give generously of instruction or information. You can show up for people on purpose, intentionally, in a way that aligns with your values, the things that you value about receiving from other people's communication, and the things that you value about giving. If you find your place where you feel you can be the most generous, that's where you should focus on your communication. What more of myself would I be happy to give at this time?
0: When you, and you face something in your acting career that many people face, I face it in one of my prior businesses, you, you it's not in you anymore. You don't have it. And you have to have the passion. You have to want to do it because you right. can't fake it. These are There's... I can't fake wanting to run my company every day, and if I if, right. if I continually wake up and I could go through slumps, but I, if if I know in my heart I'm like it's not here anymore, I, I don't want to do this. this, I I hate it, you know that kind of mentality. There's really no coming back from that. So so you had your that kind of moment where you you, you had that during your acting career, and then now mm-hmm. you're doing what you do today. What is it that's different? What is what really? keeps you going and really is like, this is why I do. I love what I'm doing today.
1: It's living according to my values, a hundred percent. It's knowing if I asked myself when I was acting, why am I doing this? Is it because I want to share stories? How many millions of other ways are there to share stories? You could text someone a story. You could go watch a movie and engage with a story by consuming it. You could read a book. You could write a book any possible way. So it can't be that is it so that I can share my talents with the world and feel that those talents that I have are being put to use? Well, can't I put them to use some other way? And until I could defend it, like the reason I was acting was because I wanted to connect that, love and connection above all. And the creativity, the creative expression uh, made me feel fulfilled and the investing in making a difference, making something impactful happen in the world. The blessing of knowing these things about myself as my values is that I can change the thing I'm doing to something that feels more aligned with those values. How fulfilled am I in telling stories if I only get to do it 10 to 20% of the time? How fulfilled am I in connecting if I'm connecting? with another actor, with an audience, but through this facade, through these fictional words that someone else wrote. And so when I think now about fulfillment and waking up every day lit up and ready to revolutionize the way that people in the entire world communicate by connecting one-on-one, by connecting one to a billion, you know, to all of the people in the world, By sharing my story, by encouraging other people to share theirs, there's no question for me that I'm more aligned with my values now than I ever have been before. That doesn't mean that this is the last and ultimate way that I'm going to express that. Things could change for me. I might find something else that feels right, but those values are me, and those are the things that are probably not going to change.
0: Let me ask you a question. You did, um, for anyone who, who might be active on LinkedIn that's tuning in, I don't, I don't know if it was the first or second time you did this, but you did something called 10 Tips in 10 Days um, mm-hmm. that I participated in. And you did it with, I think, Jake and Bobby and Kira. So you did it yeah. collectively. Um, and what it went pretty viral. I mean, everyone was doing it. And I think it was pretty cool because it it did a few things. For me, I talked about what I do for a living because usually on LinkedIn, I don't talk about what I do for a living. I talk right. about other stuff and, and I kind of focus in on 10 tips that you know, people can benefit from me from my, my knowledge of what I do every day as, a, as my career and what I love to do. What I saw with that as someone outside looking in and maybe you can kind of say the why behind making this happen, but people who never posted before in their lives were doing 10 tips in 10 days and I think that it was like they had this reason now to do 10 tips and they showed up and they kind of expressed themselves and communicated, which was really cool because it was a way, uh, again, for to, to get to know each other more and yeah. for people to maybe step out of that comfort z- zone that they were in and say, okay, I'm, this is uncomfortable for me, but I'm going to do it anyway. And then they could say, you know, thanks to Lila for making me do this or whoever you know, <laughs> kind of tagged them. Yeah, so. I
1: kindly bullied a lot of people into sharing stuff <laughs> so they know.
0: Yeah so what was was that sort of kind of the, the reason behind it or was it what was yeah. the premise of that
1: there's a pendulum that occurs naturally you know the swinging of the use of platforms and so linkedin used to be this place where people just posted a resume looked for a job or sold a product and maybe they uh or, or service you know maybe they kept up with people that they had already known people they had already met asked for referrals in the DMS, the direct messages. And then there was this other movement of authenticity and self-expression. You know, you see people like my friend, Michaela, Michaela Alexis, who wrote this article that went viral on LinkedIn about, you know, uh, not about being fired or quitting her job or finding something. I don't even remember what it was right now. Um, But she, she shared from this heart place And she and Swish Goswami and a few other people started the Let's Get Honest campaign, which swung the pendulum completely to the other end um, where it was like, let's open our hearts and share about our experiences. And Anna McAfee and Eric Eklund and Swish Goswami and Alexandra Galvez started the LinkedIn Local Movement, Mm -hmm. which I was also a host for in New York City with my friend Rachel West Palumbo. And we were focusing on getting to know the people behind the profiles. So there was a lot happening as the pendulum swung away from the, just the resumes, just the professional stuff to share ourselves, our hearts, our souls, our spirits, and connect as human beings. And it was beautiful. But after a while, I was like, I don't don't know what anybody does. (laughs) I I like using LinkedIn to refer business. I like using LinkedIn to find experts to follow. I like using LinkedIn as a resource to improve my own awareness of what the tools are that are out there and who can help me if I need something beyond a quick tip. Mm -hmm. And so Kira Day had this idea and I got on board and uh, Jake Jordan and Bobby Umar and I uh, with Kira, we all picked a group of people that we thought would get on board with us. And we had like our teams (laughs) behind the scenes that we thought had a lot of information that would be really useful to people to share. We said, put, put your expertise together in a series of 10 tips, release them over 10 days or however long, you know, just 10, 10 different posts on 10 different days, whenever they happen. And when you do give people the knowledge in your head, because something happens when you share you know, maybe like 20% of what you know, because you're afraid to give away all your secrets or whatever. And that's the people assume that if you're giving away this much, you know, represent by that 20%, maybe you know, 5% more than maybe, you know, 25% of what you actually know. Mm-hmm. They're like, well, he only probably knows a quarter more than what he's showing. If you share 80% of your knowledge, then maybe people assume you know, 100% of what you know, yeah. and they want that extra 20% who are you gonna hire? You pick the person who shows up as an expert. You pick the person who shows you through video content, this is who I am, this is what it feels like, because you stayed the same with that. You're the same guy you always were, regardless of what you were talking about. We've always gotten from your videos and from your comments and things, oh, this is what Frank is like as a dude, right? Like we know what it would feel like to work with you and the people who are in their right mind want to do that. (laughs) Um, I think, you know, but if they don't know what you do, how can they take action on that feeling? So we wanted everybody in the community to be able to kind of merge those two worlds of the super professional and the super authentic and say, we are real people who do work. Here's what you can learn from me. And it took over the platform because I think people wanted that. They wanted something in the middle. People who didn't know how to share too much of themselves from a place of vulnerability, were comfortable speaking about professional tips. People who were very, very professional and uncomfortable getting on video were comfortable, like, getting out a little bit and starting to share those things. And the people who felt like they had done a good job of sharing their heart and souls but we're missing out on one of the benefits of being on LinkedIn and not a platform like Facebook or Instagram where you, it's all about the person and not about the business. Maybe they wanted the business too. Mm. Maybe they wanted the professional opportunity. It's a a professional networking platform. So I think it worked because people from both ends of where the pendulum was swinging found themselves in the middle with an opportunity to share their voice in a way that connected to the people who really needed it. Mm.
0: Yeah, and it worked.
1: And it certainly launched launched Say Things Better. You know, (laughs) there was so much attention around when I shared, for the first time, the five steps of the Say Things Better method of intentional communication. Mm -hmm. I had so much attention on those posts. I had people pouring into my inbox saying, I want to work with you. And it was because of that, because of the actual opportunities, the financial opportunities that made me feel secure that I was able to leap out of my corporate job and into doing this full-time.
0: So since we have corporate Lila, uh, the, 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 mm-hmm. uh, the corporate side of the business side of Lila, uh, let's focus there for a second. With the, sure. as, as it's communication, what is a common, you know, maybe like a, I always like to let the guests, you know, if you can wave your magic wand and poof and change something, become a common misconception or something, people are just getting wrong with communication. What's something that you see off your, like, this is something I would change. This is, I want people to know this and we have their attention right now. What is that?
1: Oh gosh. If I get just one, because it's top of mind, because you said it earlier, just don't make assumptions. Mm-hmm. Don't make blanket assumptions about groups of people. Don't make assumptions that the conversation you're about to have is going to be the same way you've always had that conversation before. Don't assume people can't afford to pay you. Don't assume that people don't want to hear from you. Don't assume that your voice isn't important. Just don't make any assumptions, ask yourself instead, what if, just what if this were different? What if I was wrong? What if I am the voice that someone needs to hear today? And then you can go a step further. Well, who would that person be? What would their life be? And empathizing with them to the point where you can encourage yourself to say, you know what, I do kind of owe it to that person to come out and be myself and connect with them and to share of who I am. Just don't make those assumptions, right? Like even, and I did it before too. I was like, I don't know if this is really what you wanted to hear. Um, You know, for those who are just, who weren't part of the just me and Frank conversation before this episode, we were talking about parenting. Um, Frank, you've got an eight-year-old daughter. And I was talking about how, you know, I've come through some things in my life that made parenting not happen for me. And then another series of events that happened that kind of pointed me in this direction of wanting to be a foster parent and eventually adopt older children. And that's the vision I have for myself now. And we were able to bond and connect over this idea of parenting and opening up an idea that had nothing to do with why we were doing this episode, nothing to do with why we were doing this show, just two people. And if I had said to myself, well, that's not really what Frank wants. You know, I said it after the fact. I was like, well, I don't know if this is really what you wanted to know. And you're like, yeah, I want to know you as a person. So I totally want that from you, which I really appreciated about you and making me feel so comfortable to be open. That if I had assumed that that wouldn't strike a nerve or that there was, it was too much, then we would have missed out on that. What to me was a very magical and affirming moment of connection just don't make assumptions
0: <laughs> no <and laughs> like it's the, true i, I feel like yeah. people you know you're whether it's intentional or something a learned habit but you walk around with this guard up and you feel like no i don't do this because of this or and you're right you, you it's a it's a we miss out on a lot of opportunities in life because of that yeah. so uh, so yeah i'm with you um and and appreciate that so it, what where uh, uh, one of my favorite questions I like to ask is is for you a chance to really give us a glimpse of the future. And I know that you said for even for you, you're admitting, hey, things may change with you and where you want to be and where you're going mm-hmm. and how your journey shapes. Which is which is great because that's I think we all need to be that. There, our vision has to be able to to take dips and turns and things like that. Mm-hmm. And as we adjust, you know that there's there could be some changes. So, but where are we going? Where wh- what do you see happening? Knowing that so much that we couldn't have expected in the past, you know, six, seven months that's happened, where are we gonna be in, in five years? What do, what do you see happening?
1: In five years, I think that I'll have reached so many people with my message of intentional communication that not only will enough people just be bought into it, it'll be kind of a given that we at least should be asking ourselves if we're communicating intentionally in the moment, but that we will, we will have technologies that incorporate and integrate the Say Things Better method, the approach, that we can incorporate intention into AI and machine learning and that we build intentions into the technologies that we create to support human connection. Now you've seen already, um, you know, tech platforms like Slack or Zoho, uh, you know, any kind of CRM or Zoho has click where you can meet with people in a company immediately and just kind of, uh, connect with them with a little video message or something like, hey, I'm here. Mm -hmm. And so we see this already in the kind of innovations that are happening. I think that there will be a movement towards the more intentionally connective technology and that that will make it more prevalent for all of the people who are communicating day to day in our lives, just like emojis are kind of a given now when you're texting or auto correct is something that is kind of a given now. I think that an auto intention reminder would be something that five years from now I would expect to see. Mm, yeah,
0: yeah, it is. I, I think a lot of that is changing. Uh, I feel like the um, messaging behind certain things, uh, the, kind of just even LinkedIn. If you look at LinkedIn, so it, it wants to prompt some of your replies to people's. They have the
1: worst prompts.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know, but it's like they're yeah. lo- they're they're learning. They Yeah, they're trying to do things and eventually over time they'll say, oh, people are using it or people, whatever. And over time it gets better. I mean, I I think it's with anything, there's going to be several iterations, but yeah, in five years we'll have learned a lot and see what people like, what people don't like, what did they adapt to, what what were they afraid of at first and now they can't live without.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, and so just focusing on you for a little bit because you've been very generous with, with your giving and, and really bringing some value to the show. If someone wants to learn more about you, they want to learn you know, maybe how to work with you, just to reach out. Where are they starting? Where are we sending them?
1: Go to saythingsbetter.com. If you are interested in working with me right now, there's some kind of a challenge in your life regarding communication or an opportunity that you don't want to pass up. Or someone who means so much to you that you're willing to go the extra mile to connect better with them, then you can just message me directly at lila at saythingsbetter.com. It's L I L A. And of course, you can find me on LinkedIn. It's Lila Smith. You can look up the hashtag say things better and you'll find me. Uh, or just ask Frank, <laughs> he'll point you <me> my way.
0: <laughs> I will be sure to send them your way. And, and of course, uh, this will will drop all all of that in the show notes, and and we we hope that uh, everyone uh, will will seek you out and connect with you. Definitely follow you on LinkedIn and, and share in some of your journey. So I really appreciate you being on. Appreciate you being so open and, and, and honest, yeah. and uh, and it's just been just been great to have a conversation with you.
1: Yeah, likewise. Thank you for your curiosity, for your value, for human connection, and for using those things to bring me in here to talk to you.
0: I want to thank everyone who took the time out of their day to listen in. If you like the show, please give it a rating. If you or someone you know would be an amazing guest on the show, head over to fivequestionswithfrank.com for more information. I'll see you next week.